0: do, ladies and gentlemen. This is Orson Welles. I'm speaking for the Mercury Theater, and what follows is supposed to advertise our first motion picture. Citizen Kane is the title, and we hope it can correctly be called a coming attraction. It's certainly coming, coming to this theater. And I think our Mercury Actors make it an attraction. Hey, I'd like everybody, to welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Rausch. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRauschMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Today we're discussing Citizen Kane, the 1941 American drama film by Orson Welles. Produced, co-screenwriter, director, and star. Like, holy hell, what didn't this guy do? And I believe he did all of this before 25. I believe he was 24 when he was um, in this. The picture was Wells' first feature film, considered by many critics, filmmakers, and fans to be the greatest film ever made. Citizen Kane was voted in five consecutive British Film Institute sight and sound polls and critics, and it topped the AFI's 100 years 100 list in 1998 as well as a 2007 update nominated for Academy Awards in nine categories it won an Academy Award for Best Writing which was original screenplay by Herman J. Mankiewicz and Wells Citizen Kane is particularly praised for Greg Tolan's cinematography Robert Wise's editing and Bernard Herm, uh, Herman's music and its narrative structure for all which have been considered innovative and precedent setting. The quasi-biographical film examines the life and legacy of Charles Foster Kane, played by Orson Welles, a composite character based on upon American media barons William Randolph Hearst and Joseph Pulzer, Chicago tycoons Samuel Insull and Harry Harold McCormick, as well as aspects of the screenwriter's own lives. Upon its release, Hearst prohibited mention of the film in any of his newspapers. So, I wanted to go back and check one of the greatest films of all time. Um, this is the second time I've watched Citizen Kane blown away both times for numerous different reasons i have some very detailed notes that i have taken on this particular movie and i've quite honestly just been blown away um even like i said on the second round watching it i was just like how was this even like conceived of uh you know in 41 like it's it's crazy to even think that this was able to be uh produced at this scale um back in the day so let's talk a little bit about wells orson wells i actually didn't know too much about this guy so after the broadway success of wells mercury theater in the controversial 1938 radio broadcast the war of the worlds the mercury theater on the air on the air wells was courted by hollywood he signed a contract with RKO Pictures in 1939, although it was unusual for an untied, untried director, to, he was given the freedom to develop his own story, to use his own cast and crew, and to have final cut privilege. Following two abortive uh, attempts to get the project off the ground, he wrote the screenplay for Citizen Kane um, collaborating on the effort with Herman J. Mankiewicz, which is actually why I wanted to watch this movie again. I've seen Citizen Kane, like I said, twice. I wanted to rewatch this so I could, uh, prepare for the Mankiewicz movie, which is, uh, produced by, sorry, directed by, what's his face? Oh yeah, by, uh, David Fincher, Fight Club and Social network, Gone Girl, you know, you you know him from all that. Um, yeah, he had just created a kind of biographical drama film about Herman J. Mankiewicz, and I wanted to go back and check that out as well. I heard there's a lot of homages and stuff like that to Citizen Kane. Not that, like, I feel like half of Hollywood is just an homage to, like, Citizen Kane and some of these older movies that have really set their, uh, You know, put their foot down in the style of uh, the stories that they're telling. So, um, principal photography took place in 1940 and the film received its American release in 1941. While a critical success, Citizen Kane failed to recoup its costs at the box office. The film faded from view after its release, but was subsequently returned to the public's attention when it was praised by such... French critics as Andre Bazin and given an American revival in 1956. The film was released on Blu-ray in September third, 2011 for the 70th uh, anniversary edition. Citizen Kane was selected by the Library of Congress as an inductee of 1989's inaugural group of 25 films for preservation in the United States national film registry for being culturally historically or aesthetically significantly significant um and so yeah this has got some really interesting back background back knowledge all you know just backstory and that's why i'm kind of kind of doing like a somewhat of a deep dive i don't want to go too deep i'm not you know nerding out and everything i'm just trying to figure out who's who's what 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 were the cooks behind the kitchen of this amazing meal that is Citizen Kane um, I'm looking at the cinematography Greg Toland I've never I'm, I'm really not familiar with Greg Toland as a cinematographer but I love the cinematography in this he he worked on uh, uh, best years of our lives John Ford's grapes of Raz the long voyage home I you see I, I don't know too many of these these are all movies that are uh, like in the 40s and stuff like that. Um, let me see what else we got, like the music, uh, not too familiar with Bernard Herman to my knowledge. He, okay. So he worked with, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's on psycho North by Northwest, the man who knew too much vertigo. So this guy kind of has more of a horror kind of dramatic, um, sounds. Okay. So the day the earth stood still, uh, Kate Fear, Fahrenheit 451, Taxi Driver. Oh, wow. This guy worked on Taxi Driver. I didn't realize it. Um, I guess that kind of makes sense the more I think about it. Um, But, yeah, it's it's got an interesting sound, and and especially the fact that they're using a guy that has all these – he's most well-known for – what's it called? What is he most known for? he's best known for you know like horror like dramatic horror or suspenseful kind of movies i guess in a way um i didn't realize that that was what citizen kane would have been classified under if you looked at just the score honestly i wouldn't exactly say it was like suspense horror but you know it's a little it's not exactly um you know i i it's not exactly just drama. All right, let's get into a little bit of how unsuccessful I have been in comparison to Orson Welles. Like, holy Santa Claus. Let me let me just let let's, let's just go over this guy's filmography and uh, background just real quick. May 6, 1915, he was born. An American actor, director, writer, and producer who is remembered for his innovative work in radio, theater, and film. Considered, obviously, one of the greatest filmmakers of all times. Um, In his early 20s, Wells directed high-profile stage productions for the Federal Theater Project, um, which was established during the Great War as a part of the New Deal to fund live artistic performances and entertainment programs in the United States, including an adaptation of Macbeth, an entirely African-American cast, and the political musical Sorry, an adaptation of Macbeth had an entire African-American cast and political musical theater, The Cradle Will Rock. In 1937, he and John Hausman founded the Mercury Theater, an independent repertory theater company that presented a series of productions on Broadway through 1941, including Caesar 1937, a Broadway adaptation of William Shakespeare's Julius Caesar. In 1938, his radio anthology series The Mercury Theater on the Air gave Wells the platform to find international fame as the director and narrator of a radio adaptation of H.G. Wells' novel The War of the Worlds which caused some listeners to believe that an invasion by extraterrestrial beings was in fact occurring although reports of pandemic of sorry although reports of panic were mostly false and overstated they rocket they rocketed uh, orson wells to no, notoriety his first film was Citizen Kane, 1941, which is consist, uh, consistently ranked as one of the greatest films ever made, and he co-wrote, produced, directed, and starred in as the main titular character, Charles Foster Kane. Um, Wells received twelve other features, and most acclaimed, uh, the most acclaimed, the magnific- magnificent. Ambersons in 42, The Lady from Shanghai in 47, um, uh, Touch of Evil in 58, The Trial in 62, Chimes of Midnight in 65, and F is for Fake in 73. His distinctive uh, uh, directorial style featured layered and non-linear narrative forms, uses of lighting such as uh, Tiresio, Tiresio, am I saying that right? I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I might have to look this up real quick. Chorizo, Chiroscro? I don't know. It's a type of, uh, it's a type of, uh, film techniques and stuff like that. Unusual camera angles, the sound techniques. This guy was doing all sorts of this crazy stuff. He said he borrowed a lot of the sound stuff from, uh, the radio, deep focus shots and long takes. He's been praised as the ultimate auteur. This was, a uh, all, in his first 26 years, Citizen Kane was released when he was 26. So, I was I was absolutely floored to hear that this dude basically played an entire life of this character, Charles Foster Kane. He did. He got an all of the makeup multiple times. He's old. He's young. He's old. He's young. This non-linear storytelling that you get with the movie. It's all there. It is absolutely just uh, breathtaking to see that this guy just goes whole hog on how this movie is going to be made. And it looks like the studios gave him every single dime he needed. I mean, we I don't feel like we're in the same place for, I don't know, 10 seconds at all. It, it uh, Sorry, 10 seconds. Each scene feels like it takes place in a new location. It never feels like we're in the same location very many times at once or we're even revisiting the same location. So he's also known for uh he was had three marriages um in his personal life including one with Rita Haysworth. I don't uh, I think she's an act actress and dancer she was. Um and yep, he's known for that deep baritone voice like how's it going actually i don't even know he's from wisconsin so it probably sounds a little bit different than that um but he's got that deep baritone voice did you know that uh wells was actually a lifelong magician as well presenting in troop variety shows and stuff like that um and yeah multiple times he's been called greatest best filmmaker of all time and I, i mean with this being his first movie it's like holy shit no wonder you know? Like, oh my goodness. So I actually did the inflation difference of what it would approximately cost on the budget. Okay, so back in the day, the budget for this movie was $839,000, just about. Today, that would be about $15.6 million. So that would be what the budget would be today if they were to make it and the box office back then was 1.6 million dollars um give or take the re-releases I'm not sure if that I don't think that I think that includes it I don't know but I'm sure it would go through the roof if if pandemic wasn't here but um so 1.6 back then is about 29.7 million dollars today so that's not too that's not too bad it's like they doubled their money i think what today they try to they they try to get their money back uh triple the amount these days so i'm not sure if it would have been um you know as successful with the cash flow if by today's standards um if they're wanting three times as much so yeah this is starring orson wells joseph cotton dorothy Common Gore. i think that's how you supposed to say it uh Everett Sloan, Ray Collins, George uh, Colouris, Agnes Moorhead, Paul Stewart, Ruth Warwick, Erickstein Sanford, and William Alland. Um, let's hop into... Hold on, let me just, let me just check something. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that we had all this, uh, you know, front-end information, because, I mean, this is a jam-packed movie. So, um, yeah, the pros, the cinematography, the uses of miniatures, the use of the camera angles, the sound, it's it's phenomenal. The reason that this movie sounds so good is because he was a sound guy. He worked in radio. He knew what he was doing with the sound. Um, So it's a little bit more forgiving when things on screen don't look as good but oh my god everything on the screen looked like a million bucks it looks like they gave him every single piece of materials whether it came down to the attire they're wearing or to the background foliage foliage whatever they needed um it, it really didn't mat- matter it, they gave it to him um and he seemed to have a lot of control over this movie from what i hear the studios just gave this guy full free reign um which is something that doesn't always happen um yeah, and we already covered the music and the the editing. It's just a phenomenal movie from top to bottom when it comes down to it. Okay, so Robert Wise. I don't think I actually talked about the editing. Same guy, Academy Awards, Best Director, Best Picture, West Side Story in 61, Sound of Music in 65, Citizen Kane. Um, okay, so he was nominated for Best Editing in Citizen Kane. Um, I wonder who actually got him, uh, beat him in that uh, but yeah, this was uh, phenomenally edited. I think this is one of the best edited films I've seen um, before nineteen like eighty or something like that. It's just uh, crazy to think that they were able to do all this without a computer. I don't even know how it's possible. It's like it physically feels like it's impossible. It's like it, what it feels like watching this being edited from like what was it the the forties? So like. Uh, like 80 years ago or something like that, um, that it's almost me watching this being edited, thinking about it being edited 80 years ago, is almost me thinking, like, how did they build the pyramids back then? Like, it just seems just... I don't even know how my mind could, like, fathom something that this big of a level. And, like, I don't even know how... My thing is like, how did they like render the film or, and then, you know, check out to make sure that the edit came out correctly without doing the entire, uh, you know, I just have so many questions. This, How did that, how did they, um, it's kind of hard for me to get it out. Uh, how were they able to look at the film to make sure this is what they wanted like I can barely do that with a computer in front of me and I got screens like they didn't have screens I don't in my opinion they didn't have screens they were doing all by hand I guess I don't I really don't know I guess they couldn't didn't have screens yeah they definitely didn't have screens um but yeah so let me hop into a couple of cons let me see the cons are that I don't think everyone's going to understand the movie uh, initially, and it's obviously not for everybody. The reason that you're going to enjoy this movie, for anybody that has gotten this far and is like, oh, my God, should I watch it or not? My God, you're 20 minutes in the podcast I not told me. Yes, absolutely watch one of the best movies ever made, and you'll understand why it's one of the best movies ever made because it seems like a movie that couldn't be made back then. It, it seems like it, it's a movie that has the sentiment of today, the pacing of today, the, it feels very much a today type movie. Um, so yeah, I feel like the major cons of this is it's, it's a little bit, a it eliminates a little bit of the subsector of if you're not interested in who Charles Foster Kane is, but I feel like they really, uh, hammer in why you should care about this guy at the beginning. And mostly, um, with regards of this guy's ability to um to change the minds of millions of people and he and he knew it um and so um yeah the fact that this is extremely relevant today to the president we have today it's just like oh my gosh it's like how did how was this even made so let's uh let's go into the plot of Citizen Kane, 1941. In a mansion called Xanadu, part of a vast uh, palatal estate in Florida, the elderly Charles Foster Kane is on his deathbed, holding a snow globe. He utters a word, Rosebud, and dies. The globe slips from his hand and smashes on the floor. A newsreel obituary tells the life story of Kane, an enormously wealthy newspaper publisher and industrial magnate. Kane's death becomes sensational news around the world, and the newsreel's producer tasks reporter Jerry Thompson with discovering the meaning of Rosebud. It's the hook of the movie. And for anyone that doesn't know what Rosebud is, we're going to obviously start going into spoilers at this point. Um, so let's let's uh, let's go on and continue. A couple of the notes I have from right here, I was like, okay, so Rosebud, keep an eye on that. There's a lot of different clues that what it could be. There's a lot of different shots of what it could be. Now everyone, I'm gonna go ahead and spoil the the, the Rosebud, what it is. Um, because at this point we're going to start talking about the plot and spoilers from this point, Rosebud is a sled. Now there is talks that Rosebud was actually the private parts of another guy's wife, I think. I need to go back and see what Rosebud actually might have meant again, and that's what some people have put upon this movie, saying that the Rosebud was some dude's wife's private parts or something like that. And that was the last words he whispered from his lips right before he died. And it's like, I, I need to go back and see if that that's actually got some merit to it. But I was like, Oh my goodness. And I wonder who it was again. He was okay. So I looked it up. So there's, uh, I guess there's possible merit that Rosebud might've been William Randolph Hearst's, the guy that Charles Kane is supposed to be, um, the, the kind of like the proxy as, um, is supposed to be his, the nickname for his girlfriend's uh, clitoris or something like that. It's like, all right, that's that's next level trolling if that's true. But I'm not exactly sure. Um, I might actually have some clues in my notes. So one thing, a couple of things I noticed is my God. Uh, Everything is just coming super fast Crystal ball view was super cool With the reflections of seeing him drop it And all this different craziness Of uh, the black and white scale Of the actual Xanadu palace Or the mansion or whatever you want to call it It's just phenomenal um, Like I said earlier It never feels like you're in the same place twice Always constantly moving and not only are they moving, everyone's talking super fast. I feel like the information coming at you from for Citizen Kane at the very beginning is like, you better start taking notes, son. Like, oh my God. So uh, yeah, let's see. And very impressive use of shadows. The uh, Also impressive use of uh, short tracking shots at the beginning for the flashback. Uh, I mean, he's standing with uh, people that you know have the or got makeup looking like Hitler it's just very convincing that this dude has uh lived this entire life it's it, there's almost i think there's two scenes that i i knew that orson wells was in old man makeup but other than that the majority of the movie he's in old man makeup and not his younger young self um yeah, i'm just like how did this guy pull this off under 25 i mean he was 24 25 during this um So, it's just phenomenal that he was able to play uh, Citizen Kane at all ages, almost unquestionably. And then the fact that he ended up, Orson Welles started to actually look like the character of Citizen Kane. (laughs) So, it's like they got the old man makeup looking good, too. And I'm sure because of the resolution, because of the cameras, because of the lighting, all this different stuff, you know? Um that I'm sure that it looks a lot better than if it was in super high quality HD, but I do want to, I have not seen mank yet. I'm going to kind of do like a, a comparison a little bit to see if they kind of do something like that too. So, um, let me see what we got. Uh, yeah. So they essentially round up the entire movie in the first 10 minutes. The titling is so relevant to today. America still reads Kane's newspapers and Kane himself was always news how is how was orson wells able to predict this not only, the thing is i would be fascinated to learn the mind of orson wells I, I really want to learn some more uh background story about how he knew like the news cycle was going to go 24/7 how he knew the uh the way in the age of you know these media moguls would go and people that are kind of growing up in the same footsteps as Kane. Like, Citizen Kane has not only become a staple in filmography, but it's become the character Citizen Kane has become a staple in American history as well, because there's so many different types of uh, uh, Citizen Kane-like figures that are uh, shown throughout our country's history and up to today. So yeah, with the loot, uh, the, the use of the shadows and everything, them showing the guys in the newspaper room and the watching the reel, it's just like, wow, this is very kind of ominous in a way. It's like, these guys are not really that important as well. When you're following, um, them, they are just like the proxy of kind of getting the audience of understanding of, all right, why should we care? Who, what's the hook? Rosebud is the hook. And they say, uh, you know, the cutaway says, you know, I should say it all, um, You know, they say, what is Rosebud? And then it cuts to um, Susan, which is um, his second wife at the time, Miss Alexander, I believe. Um, Yeah. And so that, that might lend credence to what Rosebud really meant as well. Thompson sets out to interview Kane's friends and associates. He tries to approach his wife, Susan Alexander Kane, now an alcoholic who runs her own nightclub, but she refuses to talk to him. Thompson goes to the private archive of the late banker Walter Parks Thatcher. Though Thatcher's written written memoirs. Thompson learns about the rise and decline of Kane's personal fortune. Um, let me see what else we got here. Yeah, so the pull-out shot from when we're shown of when uh, the camera is kind of focused on young Kane when he's playing in the snow and just is pulling out to show that his folks are just uh, getting ready to basically sign the papers over. And I counted... I counted this, okay, so get ready for this. The pullout shot is amazing because it's like uh it's kind of like a short tracking shot. Um but Charles is basically just given away. Okay so. anybody think I hadn't been a good the sum of fifty thousand dollars a year is to be paid to you and Mr. Kane as long as you both live, and thereafter to the survivor. Well, let's hope it's all for the best. <laughs> it <is. laughs> took him all of maybe uh twenty seconds for them to decide that. I mean, he said fifty thousand dollars a year in nineteen seventy-one. Oh my gosh! Everything else, the principal as well as. Oh my gosh! I'm still like I'm. I was like, he's he's like pissed at first. He's like, I'm asking you for the last time anybody think i hadn't been a good sum of fifty thousand dollars a year to be paid to you and mr kane as long as you both live and thereafter to the survivor fifty thousand dollars let's hope it's all for the best <laughs> he's like fuck him fuck him fuck that little shit <laughs> said fifty thousand dollars oh my gosh Oh uh, i i actually kind of want to see if i can find uh, uh how much that would cost <laughs> um or how much the inflation would be but i mean that's gotta be like a quarter of a million dollars a year, something like that. Like they are going to be freaking set. But I was just, the mother is just like, I've had these bags packed for fucking since last week, damn it. And, uh, you know, just the way that she's just kind of ruthless. This, uh, this actress, um, actually, I believe she's a new actress thinking is Agnes. Was it Moorhead or something like that? Uh, Agnes Moorhead. Um, She's a brand new actress. She's only on the screen for a few, uh a f- you know, a few set a few moments, but uh she's she's intense. Go on, Mr. Thatcher. Well uh, it's almost five, Mrs. King. Don't you think I'd better meet the boy? I've got his trunk all packed. I've had it packed for a week now. She named Blank. I arranged for tutor to meet us in Chicago but, but yeah I I was just like ruthless and this is all in one take right here this is this is an amaz- amazing shot right here so it feels a little bit like okay so the shot comes from the window it's an all in one shot of her saying oh my gosh okay so I actually got to go back and look at this okay so the shot starts of her opening up the window and saying Charles! Get your ass inside, I swear to God. You know, she's she's kind of doing that thing. But this is all in one take of her saying that I've had the bags packed all in one. Um, you know, I've had the bags packed. And it, it continues the shot through this. Uh, them telling him. Uh, he comes from the east. Wow. Hello, and his dad is condescending as fuck. Yes, Mommy? Mr. Thatcher is going to take you on a trip with him tonight. You'll be leaving on number 10. That's the train with all the lights on it. Is this still the same shot? This is impressive. This is an impressively long shot. My goodness. Come on, Charlie. You're going to be rich. Your mom figures. Well, that is, uh, me and her decided this ain't the place for you to grow up in. Yeah, you weren't saying that about, like, 20 seconds ago. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I, it's very impressive. This is all in one take. Um, I didn't even realize this. And so, let me continue. Uh, his mother's kind of ruthless, but we kind of find out a little bit more. Um, packed his bag a week ago. His parents just sell him off. But it also seems that, um, you know, when Charlie pushes uh, Mr. Thatcher, I think. Okay, so he pushes him down, he starts running away. Dude, his dad tries to swing at him it needs is a good thrashing. That's what you think is a gym? Yes. That's why he's going to be brought up where you can't get at him. And so it seems that he might have been in a somewhat of an abusive household, and this is obviously where we see the Rosebud sled. Thank you for listening to the Citizen Kane movie review. For the full movie review, please go to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash podcast for the full review. Thank you, and to Help me out. Just expand the podcast, even if you can't join the Patreon. Rate five stars on iTunes, thumbs up, subscribe, follow on Twitch, follow on YouTube, all the good stuff. It all helps out. I appreciate it. And if there's anything I can do to improve the podcast, let me know. Let me know how I can improve. That always helps me. So thank you for supporting the Lucky Doll Podcast. Take it easy. I'm going to marry him next week at the White House. Emily, I hear you've been stepping out with Charlie Kane. Of course I love him. I gave him 60 million dollars. Well, of course I love him. He's the richest man in America. But all the girls say about him at first. But you know, I can't help but admire him. He's crazy. He's wonderful. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what you will think about Mr. Kane. I can't imagine. You see, I play the part myself. Well, Kane is a hero and a scoundrel, a no-account and a swell guy, a great lover, a great American citizen, and a dirty dog. It depends on who's talking about him. What's the real truth about Charles Foster Kane? I wish you'd come to this theater when Citizen Kane plays here and decide for yourself.